right, welcome, welcome to the TLF weekly community Zoom call. Um, we got some new faces on here, um, Kelly, Chris, and Megan. Uh, they all started their programs this week on Monday, so we're three days into it right now. So I'm excited to see our first check-in today. You three is going to be tomorrow. Um, you'll receive that check-in prompt and your messages um, to upload your progress pictures, upload your 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 um, updated weight first thing in the morning as well, and then that check-in. Um, questions that check in prompt there with about eight or nine questions on it. Um, so with that, you know, obviously, if you don't have time to in the morning to go ahead and submit that stuff, then just whenever you have time to on Thursday, or Friday before noon, I always ask to try to get it in before then so I can get back to you as soon as possible. But anyway, friends, um, welcome to it. So today we are talking um, about being selfish, and how this pertains to health and fitness and when it's okay and when it's not okay to be selfish and things of that nature. So, um, you know, how I kind of want to start this off is, is, is by saying that um, it's kind of same thing as what I put on my social media post the other day about this. I just did a little quick minute long um, video about it and we'll kind of dive into this a little bit more. But so ultimately when it comes to, you know, just looking at health and fitness, we have three options. And really one of them kind of falls or two of them kind of fall into the same boat. So option number one is you can be a little bit of selfish with your time um, in terms of taking the time out of your day to make sure that you are your best you. So that could be, you know, going to the gym. That could be getting up and going on a nice walk. That could be, you know, going grocery shopping and meal prepping and doing those things that you need to be doing. It could be starting your morning with a good, healthy, just uh, mindful morning routine, whether that's going on a walk or it's journaling. Um, it could be meditation, you know, whatever the case is for it. Um, another way that you can be selfish with this is at bedtime, you know, making sure you have a good bedtime routine that you don't really allow to get messed up too, too many times, um, you know, when, unless it's just completely out of your control. Um, so there's this selfishness that we can we can do with that. But ultimately, when you're doing those things, there's going to be um, much more beneficial for you and then everybody around you as well. Um, you know, I know that if you're constantly struggling with, low energy, if your confidence is in the gutter, if your, your gut health is out of whack and you're not digesting fruits properly and you're constantly bloated or you have constant stomach aches, if you have constant migraines, that could be a hormonal dysfunction that is leading to those migraines. So if you're not taking care of some of these things, then you're being selfish in a different way because now you're not giving yourself, you're, you're not giving yourself, you're not giving anybody else the best version of you. So, you know, talking about prioritizing you and we'll kind of come back to this um, is while it can be selfish, it's also going to be the best for you. And it's going to be what's best for everybody around you as well and your longevity and everything else with it. So again, we'll kind of come back to that one and dive into a little bit more. And then the second version of this is you can be selfish in the form of you're going to spend more quality time. You're not going to have all these, you know, you know, meal prepping times, you got to carve out of your day and your weekend or your weeks or whatever the case is. You don't need to go carve out time for the gym because it's not a priority to you. So you might have a little bit more time with your friends and family and loved ones and things like that. You know, you're not having to say no to going out to dinner uh, because you're just down to go out to dinner all the time or go out to lunch. You know, it could be with your coworkers. Um, I know me as a teacher, um, it could be spending time up in the, in the teacher's lounge when every day is, is a different excuse for a different potluck for a different reason to have snack foods in the, in the, um, the school setting, in the office setting, whatever the case is, um, you know, it's food brings everybody together. And that can be one of the difficult lifestyle factors of making this, this change. And that's why it's all, always about, you know, finding balance and, and there's a time, there's a place for everything. Um, but so ultimately 
you know, you can be selfish in the form of not doing what you need to be doing for your body and for your health. And again, it might not be immediately that everybody sees the, the, the negative downfalls to that. Um, but it could very, very well be down the road. Um, for instance, um, you know, uh, my, my, my family all the time growing up, you know, they're always there for all the different, um, you know, family celebrations and things like that. However, the day-to-day, the controllable things in their life, they never controlled. They were not going to the gym. Uh, you know, my, my grandma is a great example of this. She didn't exercise a whole lot. She had a horrific diet. Um, her, her water intake consisted of Coca-Cola um, three or four times a day. I don't think I ever saw her finish an actual glass of water ever my entire life. If she had a glass of water, I'd be like, grandma, are you drinking that water? And she's like, yeah, I am. And she'd take the smallest sip possible, um, much less than an infant, I feel like would drink. Um, but and say, yep, I didn't drink my water. I'm like, no, you're not. That's that's nothing. But so, you know, ultimately, my point in saying this stuff is that while we don't look at that usually as being selfish, it is selfish because then my grandma ends up taking 20 to 30 years off her life and, and, and you know, health going downhill super, super fast there at the end of her life. And there was no reason for that to happen. That was all self-induced um, issues that came, came about from that. So while she wasn't being selfish with her time and things of that nature growing up, and that's fantastic because we had that quality time, but then I lose, you know, 20 years of, of what I, I could have with her. I mean, I, I, we bought this house we live in now primarily because it was five minutes down the road from my grandma's house, actually less than that. And as soon as we, we move in here, her health deteriorates rapidly and she ends up passing away nine months later. And I never got to, you know, I thought I was moving in right down the road from her and he's going to be able to see her every day, see her every weekend. And instead I got like two months of that, maybe. Um, and there's no reason why that should have happened. Again, it was all lifestyle induced choices. And so we don't usually look at that as a, as a selfish thing, but it is a selfish thing. You know, she should want to be around a lot longer and she wasn't because of those choices. But ultimately that kind of starts now for all of us, you know, the choices we're making now, they're going to be selfish in one way or another. It could be immediately selfish and us making the time for our health and for, you know, our just overall mind, body, spirit, and all that stuff right now. Or we can push that stuff off to the side and, and, and close our eyes to it until it becomes a really big issue. And then we don't really have a handle on it. So, you know, this doesn't need to be a super, super long Zoom call today, but ultimately it's about making the right choices and it's, and it's okay to be selfish. If that means you're going to give your best to everybody else. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of pause there. Um, hopefully that's, that's somewhat straightforward and, and, and understandable to, to, to everybody here. Um, does anybody have anything they want to add to that? Any questions at the moment before we talk about ways that we should be being selfish right now? It's kind of where I'm headed with this. And it viewed prioritizing health in that perspective, like jipping yourself and others from years together potentially. Yeah. So Chris is saying here on, on the chat that um, she hadn't really viewed it as, as, as kind of being selfish when you're not prioritizing your health. Um, and, you know, so, so in this situation, Krista, we, we talked, you know, last week we did a whole breakdown on Krista. So, but we can use her as an example again with this is that she's got a couple little ones in her life. You know, she's got some, some kids. And so do we want to sacrifice our quality time with them? Definitely not. 
look, she's right there with them. But um, got to got them both there listening. That's fantastic. I'll try to watch watch my language with it. But so ultimately, you know, it's important that 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 Krista finds, you know, carves out that time in her day, even if it's only a short amount of time to make sure that mentally she she's in a good spot, you know, physically she's in a good spot. And again, it doesn't have to be a super long drawn out amount of time, but just taking your time for that. Um, something to kind of go off of this. I just got back from a, a charity event for it's uh, it's called uh, the giving professionals. It's, it's their very first, it's their first annual um, thing here in Kansas city, but they're going to kind of uh, focus on a different charity each time. And so, um, this first one was about breast cancer and they had a, a whole, um, panel of people that, you know, had breast cancer experiences. And then they had a panel of doctors and stuff like that on there. Um, and one of the, one of the consistent things they talked a whole lot about was exactly what I'm saying right now is they, you know, some of them have a, a two hour morning routine in the mornings, you know, cancer made them think about, you know, living in the moment, but taking just better care of themselves taking better care of, of their mind and not letting work or other life stresses that don't really matter a whole lot come into the way of their, their overall health. Um, and so they took the time to prioritize that. And one of that, you know, is stress. One of those women were, were teachers and, you know, she realized that she lived a massively stressful lifestyle. And so building out this morning routine of, of getting up before the kids, getting up before the dogs, even, or her husband, one of the cases to have some quality time with herself. Um, a lot of them talked about how much they journal and how that is, is, is truly therapeutic for them. Um, some of them might do yoga in the morning. Some went on walks in the morning, but ultimately they build out this routine for them so that they can be um, they're, they're best for themselves. So they can, they can start their day off on the right foot and that, that motivates them for the day. It gives them the energy for the day. It gives them that, that big win to start the day. And again, this doesn't have to be in the morning, but that's what it was for them. And so ultimately, you know, th these women had had cancer at the time and, and they were carving out time that it could be spent with other people, but they made it made sure to how to fit it into their day so that they could give themselves what they truly needed to be at their best with this. And then again, this comes back into everything else we're talking about here, all, all the basic lifestyle habits that we're talking about here. It's it's sometimes hard because, you know, you know, for instance, with me and comp prep, like I've got to say no to to seeing my friends and family sometimes. Um, more frequently because, you know, I've got these goals with it. Now we don't need to do that with a normal lifestyle, but we still got to make better decisions. You know, you can still go out and enjoy that time with those friends, but you, that doesn't mean you have to partake in all the alcohol they're drinking. Doesn't mean you have to partake in all the, the shitty appetizers they're all eating and stuff like that. So it's about just being selfish and making the, the decisions that you need to make that are best for you and where you're going. Um, you know, I can't tell you how many people, you know, are, are when they, when they check in, they they wanted that immediate gratification of whatever that meal was, whatever that drink was, whatever that activity was. But then they end up spending the next seven days frustrated with how it was. Now, don't get me wrong; you shouldn't feel frustrated over one little decision. Um, and you should you should give yourself a little bit of grace for a cheat meal. You should give your grace give yourself grace for a little bit of a, a slip up or mistake. But at the same time, when you're con when you're consciously making these decisions over and over again. And in the, in the moment, it sounds good. And that five minutes after you eat it or you drink it, it sounds good. But by the end of that night, by the next day, you're constantly regretting it. And then you're making the same choice that's that very next day, or that same choice two or three days later. And so now you're, you're being selfish in a whole different way because you're doing all this stuff, but now it's lowering your confidence. It's lowering your energy. 
It's making you more frustrated. You're more, you know, temperamental or irritated with those around you, even though it's none of their doing. It's, it's just your own, um, you know, mental perspective, because what you're doing is not aligned with where it is you want to be going. So again, we just want to make sure that whatever it is that we're doing is, is putting ourselves in the best position that we can give ourselves or give our families and those around us the, the best version of us. You know, for me personally, one of those selfish things that, that I tend to do is, um, you know, control a good bedtime routine. You know, I know that I got to be up at 6 a.m. to get uh, either to the gym or to get started on TLF work before, you know, my school day starts. And so ultimately I know that, hey, if I go to bed at midnight and I got to get up at 6 a.m., number one, that's not even six hours of sleep because just because you're asleep from, from new, you know, from midnight until six, you're still missing time in there. You're still kind of up throughout the night, even if you don't really realize it. So I might at best be getting only five hours of sleep that night. Well, I know that my best that very next day is not going to happen on five hours of sleep. I know that I'm not going to be best for, uh, you know, my workouts. I know I'm not going to be the best teacher I can be. I know that by the, the, you know, the evening time, the following night, I'm gonna have no energy to give to Nicole or boss, my dog. Um, and if I had kids, I wouldn't have the energy for that either. And then ultimately I'm shortchanging the people in my life that, that it, it means the most to me about. So I've got to make sure at nighttime I'm getting to bed on time. I, I'm, I'm trying to keep my routines in check with that. And at times, you know, it, it seems inflexible, but I, I just know what all it is that I'm doing. It, it's it's got to be fueled by that, that sleep. Um, let's see. I got two comments on here that I'm going to stop and, and read here. So Brad said a big motivator for, for him is seeing his dad's health. I can't control what he does, but I can make sure I don't follow that path for myself. Um, this is a huge one. And I, I, I know this, I know Brad, I know his dad, and um, I'm happy that, that Brad, you're using that as, as, as a vision of where you could possibly be headed. You know, again, I always like to say that we either become our parents or we become the opposite in spite of them. Um, and, and in your situation, Brad, you know, you can't control your dad's choices over the course of his life. You can't control what he's doing now. Hopefully you can be um, a role model in some sort of a way that you can make lifestyle changes and maybe he can too as well. But ultimately you don't have control of what he's doing, but you have control of what it is that you're doing. And by you making the changes you have just over the past five or six months has put your life on a totally different trajectory than what it was prior to, to, to working, uh, working with me on this stuff which has been awesome, awesome to see. And I feel like now, you know, now that you're about, you know, 29, 30 years old, you're, um, you're seeing the benefits of, of living a well-balanced lifestyle, um, not a totally restrictive lifestyle, not this lifestyle of working out seven days a week, but just a balance. And, and in this amount of time, yes, you've had to carve out more time to make sure your foods are prepped. Yes, you've had to carve out more time to get to the gym. Yes, you and Lexi have had to change your sleep habits to try to, you know, you might be cutting out a couple of hours of hangout time at night that you guys were getting when you stay up till midnight or one, but now you're feeling well rested the next day. And then you can wake up and work. You can wake up and go to the gym. You can, you know, go coach baseball afterwards and have the energy to do all that stuff, have the confidence to do all that stuff. And again, just realize that your body overall mental health as well as has massively, massively improved um, just by the little bit of changes you've made so far. So that's, that's awesome, Brad. Uh, Krista says, Megan and I were talking about what kind of sleep bedtime is Marcus giving each of us. What do you, what do you mean uh, by that? Krista, can you elaborate? What kind of bedtime I'm giving you?
Chris, it might not have heard me right there. Um, Chris, if you if you hear me, get back to me on that one because I just want to make sure that I'm addressing that correct. Oh, there we go. Oh, like how the reminder, how uh, improved our sleep. So just reminding you guys to make sure you're, you're getting to sleep on time, making sure you have a good routine and uh, how that's improved your sleep. And then Krista, if you can kind of elaborate on that as well, is that once you get that sleep routine in check and you're actually getting an adequate amount of, you know, seven to eight hours a, a night versus maybe five hours a night, how do you feel the next day? Do you feel more productive? Do you feel more successful? Do you wake up with a better energy? I know that whenever I only get five hours of sleep, I'm waking up and the only thing I can focus on that entire day is when the hell is bedtime? When am I going to be able to get to my bed and go back to sleep? Um, and if that's where my mind's at all day long, I'm likely not going to be very productive that day. It's not going to be a very successful day whatsoever. And again, if I'm going to the gym on five hours of sleep, I'm not going to be my best. Uh, that's usually when I'm going to get injured and have a, some sort of a tweak because I'm just not going to be my best. Um, Chris said more patience with other people's kids in my own. That's a big one. Like we know, uh, Chris is a teacher. So when you have lack of sleep, you're going to have less patience. You're probably not going to be as good of a teacher in that same situation. And again, with your own, um, and, th and that comes back to managing stress as well. That's why I always talk about, you know, sleep and stress being that, that top, top piece that hierarchy needs, because if those two things aren't in check, then the next thing that's going to fall is you're going to be making poor food choices because when we're stressed, when we're lack of sleep, which both of those means a raise in cortisol, we start craving more and more food when that happens. That's just one of those stress responses generally is what the case is. Um, and then our food choices become very, very poor. And again, this is where, you know, we all know what to eat, but in the grand scheme of things and in the day-to-day, -day, um, you know, life that we all live, stress and sleep and energy and all these things really make a, a big difference in terms of what food choices it is that we're making. So again, that's another reason why having your things meal prepped. Um, then if you are sleepy and you're tired and you're stressed out, if you still already have your, your meals all prepped, you're probably more likely to at least have a better chance of sticking to that stuff versus stopping at Chick-fil-A on the way home or whatever it is would be your maybe fast food vice or whatever the case is. Um, but so ultimately kind of like, you know, I don't need to reiterate it a whole lot. And again, please throw in something if you guys have it, but just making sure that we're all going to be selfish in one way, shape or form. It might not be feeling like that at the moment, but down the road, then it could very, very well build up into us that we've been stressful with our lifestyle because we haven't given our body and our mind and our soul and everything else what it needs. And then we just can't do our best for those around us. Not to mention if we have little ones around us, they're seeing what we're doing. So now because of our selfish decisions to not be active, to not you know move our bodies, to not eat the right foods, to not drink our water, to not get good, adequate sleep, our little ones around us are seeing that and they're going to do the same exact things that you're doing. So, you know, something I always like to say to clients, especially like on a console call is, you know, if you had a five-year-old kid, when they're 25 or 30 years old, what do you want their life to look like? Ideally, would you say that you want your five-year-old kid when they're 25 or when they're 35, or when they're 45, would you say your ideal life for them is to go work a nine to five job? Maybe they don't like, maybe that's sedentary um, or maybe a job they do like, whatever the case is, but then they come home. And they sit on the couch from five o'clock till 10 o'clock. They go to bed, they do it all over again. When they're sitting on the bed from or on the couch from five to 10, they're just eating chips, they're eating cookies, they're eating whatever sounds good, they're ordering pizza on a Thursday night, um, you know, getting tacos on a Tuesday night because tacos is, is you know, you, you know, Tuesdays are, are taco Tuesdays. You got spaghetti another night. 
Um, maybe they are skipping meals all day long or they're eating other processed junk on the go because, you know, they had to get McDonald's in that, you know, in the morning for breakfast or for lunch because they didn't have the right food spread. Is that, is that the, the, the vision that you have for your children? And if you don't have children yet, Brad, you don't have a child yet. I don't have a child yet either. So maybe this is easier said than done, but ultimately I think when I do have a child and I have that same exact thought to myself, what do I want this kid to be like when he's 25 or 35 years old? Okay, well, if I'm not emulating those habits that I would love to see in them, how, how are they going to get there then? Where are they getting this education from? They're not teaching this, this stuff in school. I do because I'm a hell of a PE teacher, not to, not to brag about myself here, but that's what I'm talking about with my kids, even much more than, than, the, than the exercise part of things because they're kids. They're having fun in PE anyway, but I know they're not getting the adequate education when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to just other lifestyle habits as well. So I'm, I'm hammering that home to hopefully make sure that at least one person in their life is doing this stuff for them. Um, and one person can be their, their Superman or their role model, but we should want to be that same exact, you know, role model for, for our kids so that they can grow up to be good, just like us. Um, so again, you're, we're doing a disservice if we're not living a healthier lifestyle, both for ourselves and as role models for our children as well. Um, and not to mention your friends and your family as well. Um, I know that just because of my lifestyle, it's allowed me to make an impact on Brad, who's one of my best friends, on, on multiple other friends that I've helped over the years as well with this. Um, you know, I, I feel like the company we keep is, is kind of who we become as well. So um, the more you guys focus on this stuff, the more you improve your overall health and your mindset and, and, and your habits and your routines and the way that you can prioritize things, the way you can, you can balance things. This is all something that other people will, will recognize. And they, if, if they're hating on it, then they're probably not that very, a very good friend of yours when it comes down to it. If they're going to hate on you being your healthiest version of you. Um, but anyway, again, I don't, I don't need to keep going back in circles on this stuff, friends. Um, that's really what I wanted to talk about today is, is you have the choice to be selfish. So make sure you're doing the one that's you know, going to lead you down a better road. That's going to leave um, everybody else around you in better spirits as well. But does anybody have any questions, any comments on this? Um, if you don't have any comments on this, you know, we, I'll give you, I probably got about 15 minutes left anyway, if we want to use that time uh, for any sort of Q and A. So if you have any questions, any comments, um, like I said, I've got um, Megan and Kelly and Chris on here. So, you know, you guys being three weeks or three days in, excuse me, uh, if you have any questions, any struggles with your first week, um, shoot. And if not, then no worries. Hopefully with this zoom call, um, just something that's just pointing out to you is that, is that it's, it's okay to sacrifice a little bit of time for the betterment of, of yourself. Um, you got to put yourself first. That's the reason why on airplanes, they say, put your, you know, if the, the drop down mask comes, come down, put yours on first so you can help those around you. If you're, you know, if, you, if you're a really, really busy, awesome mom and you're working your ass off to make sure your, your, your family is served well, but you're not doing that for yourself, who's going to end up suffering the most you are. And then those around you are going to be like, mom, why can't you do this stuff for me? Well, because because now I'm, I'm having to take care of myself in, in a way that I, I should have been doing all along. So it's tread that water, try to put yourself first, have those conversations that are really important to you. Um, and, and, you know, we always talk about this as well as, is making sure that you, um, 
you're communicating these things as well. Whenever you're making a lifestyle change, like I said, I've got three new people on here. You're making a lifestyle change. The best thing you can do is communicate the importance of why you're making these changes, um, communicating what needs to be done to, to your spouse, to your significant other, to your children, to your parents, to your friends, things like that. Um, because again, if you're not communicating these things up front, then they might they might have no idea or they might not think you're really that serious about whatever it is. And so if you communicate your seriousness with this and why it's important, again, if they truly care about you, they will do their best to support you in whatever that way that looks like for you. Um, looks like Kelly has something on here. Fitting time for working out has been hard. I live in the car. Once I get home from work, I have to, I've had to cut around the driving to fit time for me. Kelly, what, what are you doing? Um, what's your job again? And then what are you doing in the car when you're saying that you're driving around a lot? Michelle, thanks for being here. Oh, driving kids around. Um, Michelle, also just really quick, I saw your, your message. I'm going to get back to you shortly. Uh, Michelle had some great, great questions and some feedback on, on uh, her 10-day check-in message that she got today. So I'm excited to kind of get back to you with that, Michelle. So I'll talk to you soon, but Kelly, you're saying, Oh, it's driving kids around. I'm sure to activities, practices, games, all that, all that good stuff. Um, so yes, again, you're three days in right now. This does not have to be perfect. Um, that's, you know, that's one of the, the biggest reasons why people fail, especially on, on the, the early side, you know, the early stages of them making changes, they feel like, you know, especially with this plan, I'm giving you a workout program. I'm giving you diet plan. I'm giving you supplements. I'm saying, Hey, try to get X amount of water in. I'm saying, Hey, try to get X amount of sleep in. It is a lot, a lot of stuff to, to, to change all at once. Um, ideally you have one or two of these things already kind of nailed down when you come to me, but if you have zero of those things down, I don't expect you to get five out of five, you know, you know, nail on the head, um, the very first day or the very first week or the very first month, maybe not in the very first year. Um, some of this stuff takes a long, long time to build that. It's usually easiest to start with really, really one, just focus. You know, what is the number one thing you need to focus? That's why I always talk about that hierarchy of needs, starting with sleep and stress. Try to nail those things down. Once those things are nailed down, then really, really focus on nutrition. But so ultimately for you, Kelly, you know, trying to get that exercise in, you've got a busy, busy, busy days. You've got a rental party business and you've got you know, kids, uh, kids activities and stuff like that. So one thing I would recommend then is let's say you go drop off and I don't know, sorry, I don't know your kids' names yet and their ages and all the stuff that is that they're doing, but let's say you're able to drop them off. I don't know if you stay at practice or if you go run errands or do something else, if you can, if you're going to drop them off anyway, if you're not uh, an active participant in whatever it is they're doing, drop them off, go to the gym, drop them off, go on a walk. If you're at a soccer field, walk around that soccer field. Don't just sit in the stands and watch walk around the soccer field and watch. Um, you know, those are some easy things to do with that stuff. So just get that, get your steps in for the day, even if you can't get a good workout in. Um, I always say, you know, if you can, if you can merge your, your kids with your own fitness. So if you're doing home workouts, hey, Jimmy, Johnny, come do this workout with me. Now, if they're high school age, they might say, no, I'm not going to do that. And if they're high school age, well, then they're going to have their independent time anyway. So then you're going to have all the time that you kind of need to, to kind of build that into it. Um, but again, it's, it's just a matter of, of figuring out, okay, this is what my, my week looks like. You know, usually most people are going to have at least one, if not two days off from work of some sort uh, that might be filled with sports. I know for me, that was always filled, filled with sports. But again, if you're at a sports environment, get up and get your steps in then. 
If you can't get an actual workout in, just get up and get your steps in. That's a hugely underrated, undervalued act of exercise. Get your steps in, go on some walks with that. Um, you know, um, again, get, get some walks in. If you got young ones, have them go on walks with you. You know, I, I don't know how that easy that is, but again, they're, if they're young enough, just make that a part of what it is they're, 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 they're doing. And again, that's why all this stuff, the earlier uh, you can with kids and stuff like this is build into it. This is how we eat. This is what we do. This is, we move our bodies. We get good sleep. These are all just normal things. If they don't do it for the first eight years of their life, and then you're like, Hey, let's go do a workout. Hey, let's only eat, you know, let's eat a bunch of veggies for dinner. And you've never made them do it before. They're going to want to punch you. They're going to, they're going to be upset. They're going to be like, why, why are you throwing all this stuff at me? That's why some PE teachers, they want to do fitness testing starting in third and fourth and fifth grade. That's fantastic. I start with kindergartners because I want them to, to not think that fitness is, is, is super, you know, easy and small little games and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden third grade hits and we got to go run the mile. No, I want my kindergartners to run the mile. So when they're in third grade, they're beating those third graders, those old third graders times, and they know what to expect. They know how to push their bodies. So again, the earlier we can instill a lot of these habits and these mindsets and these, these routines in our life, the easier it is for them to, to maintain that going on into their own. And then you don't even have to worry about them getting the exercise because you know, it's part of what they do. It's part of how they already live their life. And then you know what? When they are 25 and they are 35 years old, you have helped shape what they what they envision the rest of their life doing. Um, so it's not going to be nearly as hard. Um, Megan, you said I'm waking up an hour earlier each day and it's already making such a big difference. That's probably helping you get a lot of stuff done. It's helping you maybe hopefully give you some quiet time in the morning to kind of get your mind right for the day. Um, I always love getting up early in the morning as well myself. But what that means on this is the hardest part to waking up earlier each day. While I love it, I love getting a lot of stuff done or I love, you know, having quality time to myself in the morning before the world really gets going. But you got to make sure you're, you're getting to bed at a decent enough time as well. Um, and then, okay, walking and eating. Perfect. So you're getting up and you're going on a walk and you're eating your food. That's a, a great, great start to your day, Megan. And that's also whenever you go on that walk, it's putting you in that parasympathetic mode, which is the rest and digest phase when, um, so usually what most people do is they wake up and they rush, 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 get out the door, you know, slam down a protein shake or slam down a meal or get something, eat in the car as you're going. Well, if you're in that constant rush state, you're not going to digest that food very well. It's probably going to lead to more bloating. It's going to lead to other digestive issues. Um, and again, your cortisol is just up first thing in the morning and it's just staying up all through, throughout the entire day. So starting your day off with a nice low stress, um, routine like that is key. But again, that still means though, making sure that bedtime routine is on point. So you can still get your quality amount of sleep at nighttime. Uh, Chris has said, I'm realizing it's, uh, that it's easier to keep working out than stop and climb uphill and weights again, et cetera. I'm finally lifting again. Love to hear that. It's been a long time coming, but you've been able to tread water and conquer all the things you could control. And that's huge. And that's why you're in the position you are. So that's great. Oh my gosh, I'm so sore and lifting way lighter than I was six months ago. Now, Chris, again, you just had a baby. Give yourself some grace for that. Um, and you've crushed it and you've lost 50 pounds since the baby. So you're doing absolutely amazing things. But for the average person um, that didn't just have a baby, it's always so much easier whatever the lifestyle habit is that we're talking about, whether it's exercise, it's eating right, it's sleeping right, it's all these things. 
it, whatever it is that we're doing, it's so much easier to tread water and to maintain and maybe just give 60% of our best effort on some of these things for an extended period of time versus, well, it's the busy season. I guess I'm going to lose all my nutrition habits. You know, holidays are coming up. Um, my wife works retail. Um, point being is that it's the busiest time of, of her year. She could just fully let go of, of all of her sleep habits. She could fully just say, screw it nutrition wise. She could fully say, screw it on the exercise side of things. And boom, that's, that's two or three months off of all these things. Well, then how do you think she's going to feel come January if, the, if she just let everything go like that? Probably not going to feel too good. Um, so it's always much easier to go from maybe training four days a week and working out four days a week. It's much easier to just go two days a week. Um, if that's, if that's all your time, that's all your schedule can allow, get you those two workouts in just because you can't get four. doesn't mean you need to get zero. If you can't get four, get in three. If you can't get in three, get in two. If you can't get in any, go on a walk, you know, just get your steps in for the day, you know, get a stand up desk. If you work a sedentary job, get a little bike pedal or underneath your, your desk, find some sort of way to build that in. Whenever you go to the grocery store, park in the very, very back. Yeah. It's annoying. Nobody wants to do it, but get your damn steps in. Find a way to make some of this stuff happen, even in the hardest times, the worst of times. Um, and that allows you then to not fall way, way, way behind and have to build back up. And that's one of the biggest things that I feel like a lot of people, you know, they'll, they'll see amazing results like one or two times, but then they'll lose it all for whatever the reason is, whether it was too restrictive a diet. You know, I made a post on this as well today. Um, we lose, we lose a lot of progress. Well, then you see this giant mountain, like you just fell all the way down the, that mountain. And now you're looking back up like, I was up there and now I got to get way back up there. That was hard work the first time I got to do it. And, and now I'm five years older than what I was the last time I, I got up the hill. Well, it's going to be a lot harder for you. And it's going to be a lot harder knowing that you were there and you lost it. But ultimately, it's always so much easier to maintain and tread water than it is to, to lose it and regain it, lose it and regain it, lose and regain it. Again, I always talk about momentum with this stuff. Um, you know, if we're pushing up a boulder up a hill and that boulder is your healthy lifestyle changes, it's your workouts, it's your nutrition, it's your sleep, it's, it's your overall confidence and your energy and everything that you're, you're feeling about yourself. It's this boulder and you keep pushing up and the higher you push it up, obviously the better you feel, the better you look, the more solidified all these habits are. Well, then, you know what, you hit a little obstacle, you hit a little bump in the road. Is it easier just to sit there and hold that, that boulder or to get so tired that you just step out of the way? watch it roll all the way down the hill and then go catch back up and then push it back up and make all that same progress that you just made. And now you're, you're 10 times more tired because you just worked your ass off to get it halfway up that hill. It's always much easier just to hold it there, you know, put, put a little peg there, put a little rock there or something that's going to keep it supported and just tread water, just maintain it for a little bit, catch your breath and then keep pushing up. It's much easier to do that than it is to keep watching that boulder fall back down the hill and have to redo it. This is the yo-yo approach. This is crash dieting and intense exercise and unsustainable habits or unsustainable changes, short-term changes, not habits that are short-lived because they're not sustainable or your mindset's not sustainable, whatever the case is. And then you end up saying, screw it. And you go back to your old lifestyle habits, or maybe you did all that hard work for, you know, eight weeks or 12 weeks because you're going on a cruise, you go to the cruise, you eat whatever, you drink whatever normal. You're on a cruise. You enjoy yourself. You just worked hard for all that. Fantastic. But then you come back and you step on the scale and you're up five pounds or 10 pounds. And now you allow one bad week of that, that cruise to turn into two or three bad weeks. And now you're up 15 or 20 pounds. Maybe you gain back all the weight you, you, you lost in the first place. And again, you're just back in that same exact 
yo-yo pattern in your back and that boulder falling all the way down the hill. And now you got to pick it back up and keep on going. And the problem is that most people don't watch it roll down just a couple, couple feet and they run back down and get behind it. That would be you going on that cruise. It rolls down a little bit, but as soon as you get back from the cruise, you catch up before it gets down to the bottom of the hill. So now you gain five pounds. Okay. Drink a lot of water, get your food back on point, get back to your workouts. Boom. You lost that five pounds within the first week. But most people, they just watch it roll all the way down the hill. Now you gain all that, all that weight back. Now you got to redo it all. Don't let the boulder roll all the way down the hill. Uh, Brad said, what's helped me is understanding that I don't have to be perfect with the plan. If I have a slip, so that's exactly what I'm talking about right now. If I have a slip or life happens, you just get back to it the next day. The longer I do this, the more excited I get for check-ins, lifting and making progress. The habits I'm building have been huge. And then he says, well, you said everything I typed. So that's funny that we both come on the same page with that. But yes, exactly. Brad just, that was exactly how he worded it, is just understanding that you have a slip, life happens. You know, you go to a wedding, whatever, whatever happens, you get sick a little bit um, and you get back to it the very next meal. Um, that, that next meal might be that night. Maybe I made a bad choice at lunch today. Well, that doesn't mean I need to make a bad choice at dinner. That doesn't mean I need to have dessert because this day is a, a, a trash day anyway. What I just did for lunch, it, it's, it's all right. It's not a big deal. Even if I made an atrocious decision, I can still have quality protein at dinner time. I can still have a protein shake before bed or whatever the case is. And then you know what? It's not that much damage. The next day I might be up a pound. I might be up two pounds, whatever the case is. I still drink all my water that day. So it's, it's, it's lessening that, that damage, lessening that blow. Whereas if I screwed up at lunchtime and I say, well, I already messed up a lunch. I might as well go have whatever the hell I want to for dinner time. I might as well have a couple of drinks tonight as well on top of it. Okay. Well, instead of being up one or two pounds and then locking back in that next day, now you're up four or five pounds and then you have an even bigger mental obstacle to overcome. Now, instead of one or two pounds, now it's four pounds. And now you have to make the decision, well, do I lock back in or do I say screw it today? And I guess I'll just start back on Monday. Okay. Well, again, now you're letting that boulder roll all the way down that hill instead of stopping it where it is and then pushing that, pushing it right back up. So Brad, thanks for the insight. Anyway, friends, don't want to beat a dead horse with this. Um, I think I think I've hit it from every angle I can and, and reiterate it in as many different ways that I could. Uh, but hopefully this has been helpful for everybody. I'll give everybody a chance if you have anything else, any other questions uh, pertaining to this or another topic. Also, big shout out to Lexi, which is Brad's wife, who helped me decorate my wall back there behind me. It's a little bit different than what it was. It's got this banner. If you need any graphic, if you have any graphic design needs, um, Soli is part of this group as well. Um, and he does awesome graphic design work. He did that. It's on all the new merch as well, which will all be the only time I'm going to put it on sale, at least up until this time is going to be on November 6th at that lift party. I've been sending out information on that stuff. Very, very excited for it. Um, and yeah, we're going to be doing a meet and greet that, that Tuesday or that Wednesday prior um, here on Zoom. So it'll be just a quick little introduction, who you are, what do you do, that type of stuff. If you don't want to do it, I understand it. I hate that stuff at, at school, but I think it would be a good time to do a meet and greet um, Zoom call prior to doing our, our lift, our uh, TLF lift party at Body Shop on November 6th from 9 to 11 a.m. But anywho, friends, that's my last thing about that. Have a great rest of your week. Remember, it's check-in day tomorrow. Get those things into me. And let's have a great weekend. All right. See you, everybody. Thanks for being here, Chris.